Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. Cleared away by the Kings, picked up by Martinez. Martinez to Clifford, feeds it right side to Foley with a shot. Save, rebound, score! Alec Martinez has won the Stanley Cup for the Los Angeles Kings. And royalty reigns again in the NHL. to making it rain from the hockey royalty podcast as always i'm joined with joe who's wishing he could be bundled up there in the north east in new york how's it going there joe it's going really well you know what i may be in new york but the rain out in ontario california are 4001 they haven't lost in regulation so i'm doing real well I'm doing yeah, real well how about you I'm I'm doing fantastic, man. I mean, you're wearing you're wearing shorts and flip flops out there in in Buffalo because the rain are hot. It's a it's a hot rain right now. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Not the fall rain that I'm getting out here in in Western New York. That's for sure. No, we're just coming off a nice home stand. There, we're going on the road. Obviously, we play the Abbotsford Canucks and the Henderson Gold and the Silver Knights. Um, you know, coming up here this week and next and during the week there, uh, standings like I said, red hot. Rainer in first place, 4-0-1. Stockton Heat and Abbotsford are in second place there with seven points, man. Phenomenal start to the season. You and I can't be more pleased. You know, what are your what are your takes? What are your broad takeaways for the season so far and the second week since we last talked? I really just like the the overall the overall gameplay. And I, I think I mentioned it before. And I, I had an article come out on Monday kind of breaking out some of the, the the start to the season. And I thought I think they're they're the way they're playing. They're pushing the pace. The D are jumping in play, and they're they're controlling the, the shot attempts in the games. The the one exception being the last game against the Gulls, but you see this all the time, and they call it score effects. Where if a team is up by multiple goals, and that game was wrapped up in the second period, if we're being honest, against against San Diego, where it's just it's almost human nature. It's not even that they just sit back. It's just the other team tends to take advantage and they end up leading the shot attempt uh, throughout the rest of the game. That's, that's normal. But so I think that skews the numbers a bit, but the biggest takeaway from, from that standpoint is they are dominating every game in high danger chances. So they are really getting a lot of 
good and high quality looks um, than a lot more than their opponents are. That, that's for sure. So they're doing a really good job at both ends of the ice. It's It's been a fun, fun start to the season. You know, I think the, the positive for my broad takeaway has been that the fact that somebody's stepping up every game. Somebody different, right? Ferk launching one-timers the first game. Turcot has a three. That's this game. We have Mavar with a point almost every single game. So you have guys that are stepping up on different parts of the team. And that's how deep this team is. You know, you're having 19 Jack. different guys with points, 19 different guys with points. That includes Jacob Ingham. Yeah. yeah you know, and, and we're, and we were talking about that later, but you know, he's one of my favorite ECHL team. So, that's uh, right. you know, but I, I think it's been, it's been a huge positive because you look at a team that in the Kings who is top line heavy, everybody's contributing from, from the rain and that's yep. really something that's that's super positive there, you know. And and we'll go straight into it, man. Who's your MVP of this of this uh, second week? So I'm I'm gonna say, uh, like I just love the way. And I'm gonna set aside T.J. Tynan, who's looked. He's the best player on the team right now, and he is the most notable noticeable player. Martin Furk is that AHL veteran who's been who's been great. I think the best player on the ice. Uh, other than those two, and I know it's not going to show on the stat sheet, but it's Tyler Mann. I think he's playing awesome. He's somebody that that often gets a little overlooked when it comes to these, you know, these highly touted Kings prospects, the Byfields, the Turcots, the Velardis, etc. That my uh, Madden sometimes gets, uh, you know, brushed aside a little bit, even if unintentionally. I think he's played great, and I I'm telling you, for the first couple of games he played with Tynan, he's played a bit with Turcott recently, and it just hasn't mattered. He's been really good with a little bit more puck luck. He could. He'd, he'd up a handful of goals. So uh, for me, the way he's playing, I really like Tyler Madden. I'm going to go with one of those guys that you talked about. I'm going to go with Turcotte because, you know, a lot of people have been wanting him to to produce and go to a next level. And, yeah, he's not the top guy in the league, obviously. We look at TJ Tynan being that, you know, he's he's tied for third in, in the AHL in points. So, you know, good good on TJ Tynan. But Turcotte's been there. I mean, he's got a three-assist game. He got a goal in another game. He's been pushing the puck constantly centering the line and, and what we look about with centers is are they driving the line and, and you can as Turcotte is noticeable in every shift that he's on there is because he's pushing the, the the line forward and I know they brought Burke up and if you look at him now he's tied for first and on the team in goals with three so you know they brought him up and, and that kind of shuffled up that top six and and Turcotte has been has been moving with that with that group. Yeah and you know what's nice too and I'm going to give a shout to Austin Wagner because he you know he spent the all of the last two seasons with the Kings um, it, at the NHL level. So for him to come down and, you know, you, I, I guess you never know how a guy who has been with the NHL team for as long as he was, how they're going to react, but he's played really well from game one. And he's finally gotten rewarded for some of the opportunities he's got. And he's got goals in back-to-back games here. So uh, he's, he's looked very good too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been really nice. And, you know, uh, you know, I really don't want to say anything bad about this team. This team has been playing really well. I mean, why, why talk negative when we're 4 and one So we're just going to sweep past that, put it underneath the rug, and let's talk more about the positives before we get into our guest here. Obviously, you guys are going to know based on the title of the episode, but, you know, Jared Jaffron from the, you know, Ontario Rain Insider is going to be coming on later. Great interview with him, and, you know, we're super excited to have him on the podcast, but let's get some positives going before we bring a positive interview. What do you, what do you, what do you think the positive of the teams have been in this last week? I, you know, I think I think and in, in you touched on it and, and I know so did uh, Jared in his interview. It's the depth of the scoring. It's not relying on one guy or one line. And despite how dominant TJ Tynan is and whoever he plays with, he's been with FERC exclusively, but whoever that other winger is, it hasn't mattered. Uh, that line is dominant, but they're getting scoring from up and down the lineup. You mentioned Braden Burke, who they brought in. Uh, he came over in a trade this this uh, um this off season and you know you didn't know what to expect from him and he's been really good because he, he's just a couple of years removed from being an all-star when he was with Tucson so he's he's had a really good start to the season and just somebody else and it's like these kings that they have so many prospects that that everybody talks about so they're they're up and coming guys but then you sprinkle in a, a guy like Braden Burke and like you said he's got three goals in the season he's played up and down the lineup and he's looked really good so I just think that the overall depth of scoring um with within the rain lineup is has got to be a pretty big positive yeah i, I mean i agree with you there and i'm, I'm going to hit on a, a position group uh, specifically based on the woes of the kings right with the injuries and everything like that you look at clay mavar and grons are in the top three with assists on the team they're 
activating defensively. And we're, we're hitting on that every single episode because it's important. The Kings are not doing that enough, um, especially with Dowdy being out long-term and all that kind of stuff. And we're going to hit on that even, even further later on in the episode. But it's, it's, a, it's a positive for the, the rain, the fact that, you know, Clegg has four assists, Mervari has four assists, and, and Granz as well. And coming over here, adjusting the new ice for Granz and Mervari last year coming in late, they're showing that they're they're here and they belong, and, and it's a small sample size, but it's good to have defensemen activating in the offensive zone. It's funny. If there's two guys, in, and you've been a, a, a huge Granz fan on this podcast, and I've been a huge Movarari fan on this podcast, so it's it's kind of fun to see that they're both they're both playing well. Uh, and, you know, in Clisson Clegg, I, I feel like he we almost take him for granted, and I'm I'm happy that the Kings were able to you know not were able to obviously there's injuries, but you know they, they get him back in Los Angeles because you know I mentioned it last week after the first week of games he just looked so steady he's such a steady you can tell he's he's probably on another level and ready to play in the NHL so hopefully he he settles in uh, uh, in Los Angeles but yeah it, it's to see Granz um, it, he looked the is comfortable. And I mentioned it in the article is comfortable in that second game with possession of the puck, just his confidence of making plays. And I had seen him in a rain Jersey, you know, dating back to camp. So it's, it's pretty cool to see And hopefully that continues, you know, he's a young kid, but he's going to get a shot now to play more regularly than he has been. That's for sure with, with guys going up. So uh, he's got an opportunity. Well, I mean, as much as I'd like to have summers in Sweden with you and us in shorts and in the woods, hockey's there in the winter, so you better bring your parka if we're going to go enjoy Swedish hockey like we are here in Ontario. Um, hey, up next, Jared Schaffern coming up, talking all things Ontario rain. Uh, in, in the third part of this episode, we're going to be talking about the, uh, you know, our reactions to, to the podcast and what's coming up for the rain. So stay tuned, Jared Schaffern, Ontario Rain Insider. All right, welcome back, guys. We have our guest here, Jared Shaffron, Ontario Rain Insider. How's it going, Jared? It's going great, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for coming on. I know you're a busy man here. You know, you got your new job and everything like that. How's it going? It's going great. Uh, looking forward to tomorrow. We we get on a flight to Abbotsford, first road trip of the season uh, with the rain. I was lucky enough to to make a road trip to Arizona during uh, rookie camp a few weeks ago, but this will be my first uh, rain road trip, so really looking forward to it. Got your boarding pass ready, do you? <laughs> yeah, it was not easy, let me tell you. Uh, we To go to Canada right now uh, is definitely a, a challenge. So we, I'm thankful for everybody with, with the team and the organization. But, yeah, there's like an app you have to have on your phone, and you've got to fill out. Basically felt like I was going to a, a doctor's appointment. You know, it was like I had to fill out all this information and you got to upload your COVID vaccination, your passport. Uh, you have to have a negative COVID test within 72 hours of the trip. So there's a lot going into this trip for this team to get. And, and this is not the only trip. Uh, we'll be back in Abbotsford a second time in, in not that long. So it's, uh, it's a lot going on behind the scenes to get ready for the trip. Well, you know, Joe and I both would need coffins for you to bring me across the border because we're that big. No, no suitcase is going to carry us. <laughs> and, you know, I want to introduce you to Joe, Joe, Jared, you know, like we're best friends there. How are you doing? Jared? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I have to I have to throw this out there because Jared's from my neck of the woods. I'm out and I'm actually in Rochester, New York, Jared. That's, there you go. That's, that's kind of where I, and I know you're not not from too far away anyways. Yeah, uh, from out here. From New York, uh, not the western part of the state, yeah, but still, yeah. uh, still not a New Yorker for sure. I guess compared to California, though, uh, we'll we'll say it's close enough. It's I guess way closer. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a flight. Yeah, it's a flight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I I I, I want to say, uh, Jared, just to, you know, just kind of going back a little bit, getting into your background, uh, uh, just for those Rain fans that may not be totally aware, um, you know, mentioned you're from New York, but how? So how? Where did this all come from in terms of getting into the game of hockey? I know you've got a, you've been involved in broadcasting for you know, dating back years, to, you know, in college and such. Um, so how how did it all start with hockey? Yeah, it's uh, it's funny, like. It really, I mean, I was a big hockey fan as a, as a kid growing up. Uh, I never really played the game at a, at a competitive level. I, I actually played inline hockey, which is funny because yeah. that's, that's popular uh, in, in California. Figure. But uh, in, in my hometown in New York, and it's kind of when I grew up, I didn't really think much about this. But now that I've lived all over the country, uh, it was crazy. 
there were actually three inline roller rinks in my town, which is not that big of a town of, of Monroe, New York. There were three inline rinks. So there, it was like a huge sport in, in my town. Everybody played uh, roller hockey. But, uh, you know, there was a couple ice rinks around that some, some of the better players were going to skate. But it was a lot tougher, uh, obviously more expensive. So I never really played uh, competitive ice hockey, but I thought I knew everything about the sport, obviously, as a, as a kid who, uh, who loved sports and um, big New York Rangers fan growing up. So I used I to watch the, the Rangers games and Islanders games were on TV, Devils games were on TV. So there was uh, a lot of people into the sport of hockey. So I always followed it. Uh, definitely was was a huge fan of the sport. Paid a lot of attention to it. And then when I got to school uh, at Northeastern University, uh, I was like, "All right, well, you know, I want to be in broadcasting. I want to be a sports broadcaster." And the best team there was was hockey. So I already knew a lot about hockey from growing up, and uh, it was it was great. Um, you know, I, I totally immersed myself into media and hockey and stuff like that when I was at school. Uh, and I'm sure you guys know Alex Faust, uh, you know, and, and, and me and Alex were really good friends. Um, you know, a funny story when I was a freshman, I want, again, just trying to get involved and, and showed up at a meeting and met Alex for the first time at a, a radio student radio broadcast meeting. Uh, when we were both freshmen and we were both like, Hey, you want to be a hockey broadcaster? I want to be a hockey broadcaster. And we've been friends ever since. And we, we did the games together at Northeastern uh, for like all the years that we were at school there. So That's awesome. um, it, it's funny how things work out. And, and obviously, um, yeah. you know, it, it was, I was actually with him right around the time that he found out he got the news that he was coming here and, uh, it was amazing. We, we were celebrating together. So, uh, no, him and I have been lifelong friends. And that's, you know, he's definitely a big part of, of my story of, of how I started and, and got involved. That's really cool. And I want to ask before Randall jumps in, because I, I have to, I saw that you did so you've done some other sports too back in your college days. So mm-hmm. I did, I did some play by play. I went to Brockport and did some play by play out for the D3 team there and, and hockey. And when I was at Morrisville before, I did some other sports. And I saw you did baseball and I did a, I did one softball game. Is it hockey? The speed of hockey. Everybody talks about how difficult it is to be a play-by-play in hockey. I found doing softball or baseball extremely difficult because it's so slow. Can, what did you think? I, I just, I saw that you did that and I had to ask you the question because just out of curiosity, what, what your thoughts were in doing those different sports. I agree with you. I think that <laughs> that baseball is tougher because if you know if you know your your players' names and if you know what you're talking about in hockey, it's actually not that hard. People think it is because they yeah. don't know if you put the preparation in and you do all the work going into it. When the puck's in play, you don't have time to even think. You just yeah. go because you because you've done the prep and you're ready to go. In baseball, obviously, you've got a lot of time. <laughs> I, I think in baseball, particularly the guys who do it by themselves are amazing because in baseball you want to have a conversation you want to lean on your analyst even more in hockey you do use your analyst but really not when the puck's in play when the puck's in play if you're the play-by-play broadcaster it's kind of your time in baseball you got to utilize you know everybody gets a chance to jump in there and, and and you know your analyst has much more time to tell stories and make points and talk about different things so i think i almost think about baseball almost like a good analogy of, of what it's like is almost like tennis too, uh, which I've, I grew up playing tennis as well. And, you know, when the, when the ball is in play again, it's like play by play guy, but really in tennis, the points are not that long. You actually have more time in between the points and you want to use your analyst and, and kind of get into the intricacies of the game. Baseball, you have time to do that hockey, just wait till intermission. That's when you can kind of, kind of wrap up of what, what's been going on in the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody, you know, got the fire points and you, you were on fire in 2019, 20 with uh, broadcaster of the year. Did you feel like you brought your game to another level? I mean, I know athletes feel that way and they make those points. Did you feel like you just hit a nice stride uh, in, in your commentary for, for the South Carolina sting race? Um, yeah, I think, you know, obviously it was a great year. Uh, it was amazing to be recognized. I think, you know, it was amazing to be, to be honored. I don't know that 
I did anything that specific year that I didn't do other years. I, I think some of the biggest, the biggest thing I took away from that is that was a longevity award, even though it was award for one season, I felt like it's an award you get after your reputation is there. You know, that was my fourth year in the league. So I felt like it was a culmination of doing enough games and having enough people be accustomed to, to my voice and what I was doing on a consistent basis that they would say, wow, you know, you're doing a good enough job that, that you'd be, you know, recognized or something like that. I don't know if it, it is a year by year award, but I feel like it was more of the body of my work over the past few years that, that had helped uh, get me notarized like that. Well, I mean, we all, we all love, you know, to get notarized and everything like that, but you, you recently said in all the Kings men that you and Josh like to dance in the, in the press box there, <laughs> and, you know, whatever tunes you guys are listening to. So, you know, break it down the music. What do you, what do you listen to? What gets you going? You know, in between yeah, periods or I don't keeping, it, pick, keeping it loose. I'm not picking the music. I'm just listening <laughs> to whatever the arena's, but I mean, it's whatever uh, the arena's got going on. Um, so you're pretty I, eclectic. You got, you got the wide range, huh? Yeah. I, I think for me, I try to bring, and, and that's what we were talking about on, on that, on that show yeah. is we both have energy. I think we both are trying to, and for me, you know, the broadcast is the most fun part of my job. Uh, so when the game's, going on or pregame if it's five o'clock before a six or seven o'clock game i'm just trying to get myself amped up ready to go focus but at the same time be loose you know enjoy yourself have a good time uh and so if there's music that is on we're jamming along (laughs) to it it's just part of the whole me keeping things loose uh and i'll sometimes you know i'll be pacing around the booth i'll be you know throwing things we're having a good time i call everybody by nicknames and um you know i tr- i just try to have a a good time keep everything lo- loose and light and enjoy myself and yeah i like you know if there's music being playing i'm dancing a little bit he's he's like oh uh you know like we're both kind of into <laughs> yeah. it so no i think it's just a product of keeping things loose and enjoying ourselves uh when we get get the opportunity to, to be up there have you got a nickname from any of the players yet? I mean, are you Shafts or, or? I'm usually just Shaft. Uh, the the guy, yeah, I don't have anything too uh, too crazy yet uh, from these guys. But you know, like I said, we haven't been on the road together yet. That's when uh, yeah. that's when everybody bonds a little bit more. They are well aware that you of your Twitter handle, right? Because that is that was a fantastic play on words, and I <laughs> hilarious that you did that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they have no idea. Actually, <laughs> They have many other things right. going on to, to watch me on Twitter, but uh, if they are paying attention, hope they like it. <laughs> and speaking of that, I mean, speaking of the the, the rain, we'll get into them a little bit here. Four zero and one, four zero zero and one start. Obviously, couldn't have asked for for much better. Um, Got to be a pretty fun place, fun atmosphere to be around. I know Matt Villalta talked about it after the last game about how it's just a fun place to be around. What, what's it like down there? What's the room like? The vibe? It's it's like I said, it's got to be pretty positive the way things have started. Definitely. It's positive. I think that it's kind of a a good balance because I don't think it's overly like the guys aren't, you know, winning one game and then going crazy. I think they have an expectation that they're going to be winning some games. And I think the other thing is their goal is to win games. No doubt. I think they want to win as many games for the rain as possible, but their ultimate goal is to make it to the NHL. And I think that's a little bit different for me. Uh, then in, in the ECHL, guys, obviously their goal is to get to the AHL. They want to move up. But this seems you're so much closer here. It's so much more attainable. The fact that the rain are just minutes away from where the Kings are. They share the same facility in El Segundo. In, in Charleston, South Carolina, you want to get up to Hershey, Pennsylvania, but it's like a seven, eight-hour drive <laughs> or a flight. So it's not like you're right there. And I think yeah, guys are definitely having a good time and they have a great relationship with each other. Guys are very close, but there's still some seriousness of, you know, you play well enough and you're going to be with the Kings and that's a, a life changing call up. So I think there's definitely, you know, a good balance of staying loose, being positive, being happy about how the start has been, but also, Hey, it's only a couple games into the season. We haven't even played one road game yet. And, you know, be serious because, you know, the ultimate goal is is to get up to the NHL. Yeah, and we're seeing right now with, with what's going on in Los Angeles, we've seen some a couple of injuries. Obviously, the defenseman, the news came out today about Dowdy. He's going to be out for a significant amount of time and, and Walker out for well, the year. So you're seeing guys now come up and – 
you know, with with Kel Clay, Austin Strand's been up, and it looks like he'll he'll have a chance to stay. Do you think, I, in in your eyes, and I know you were not with the organization last year, but you know, there's some talk about a guy like Sean Dursey. He could have been maybe one of the guys next in line. Who is maybe if if, you, if next in line, if you will? And I know it's it's could be left defense, right defense. It just depends on the situation. But he's a guy that I think a lot of people peg to maybe be next in line. Um, I don't know just what your thoughts are, which kind of what you're hearing around the organization. Yeah. I mean, I haven't heard anything. Uh, everyone's kind of tight lip. I'm just watching the games like everybody else. But so far what I've seen is I love Jacob Moverari and that's not <laughs> to say I don't like Sean Dursey either, because yeah. I think, I just think his game's a little bit different. I, I think if the Kings are going to look to bring someone up, it might be Moverari first, uh, just based on his entire body of where his game is at. I think Dursey is more similar to Clegg. So if that's why people were saying, okay, well, it's either going to be Clegg or Dursey. Yeah. But if Clegg is still up there and they want to bring somebody else up there, then I would think maybe it's Moverari. But I don't know. I mean, it's only his second year over here in, in North America. Dursey's been here for a little bit longer. He's got a little more familiarity with the organization. I don't disagree with the people who are thinking he deserves a chance. Um, obviously, again, you know, I saw him in rookie camp. I saw him in preseason and – and now we've had five games. It's a very small sample size. I think he's been playing great for the rain. I think his confidence level can even get to another another peg up before he's ready to step into an NHL lineup on a night-by-night basis and be able to make an impact. But if he's able to, to get that confidence level there, then I think he, his raw skill set is, is good. I mean, he clearly can play on the power play. Yeah. Clearly he can contribute really in all phases. But, you know, when he was up there with, with guys in the preseason, kind of looking at him versus some of the other guys, he's, he's a little jumpy with the puck. You know, he's got he's to get to that next level, and it's coming. He's, he's definitely progressing, but um, I think the right move was to call up Clegg. I, I agree with, with what the Kings did today, just because what I had seen from him, he looked like he was ready to get another chance. And I know he's had his chance before, and, you know, hopefully for him, he, he takes advantage of it. Well, you're putting your stamp on Mavari, so we'll 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 drop that down. We'll put it in our record books and everything <laughs> like that. Who else are you putting your stamp on? Who surprised you this year? What, where do you think you know based on camp and and the vibes that you got? Who has come to the call and and really put their stamp on this season so far in the first five games? In your opinion? Yeah, I think in the preseason, my the guy I was really impressed with was uh, Samuel Fagimo. Um, he uh, he was doing everything everything right. And I think he's been a little quieter in the first five games. Again, extremely small sample size, yeah. but uh, he's got a couple goals. A couple of them have come in, in late situations where the game was out of hand. So the stats maybe look a little bit better than, you know, the timing of those goals weren't really as important. Um, although, hey, every goal is, is still a goal in the American League. But uh, I, I really loved him during preseason. He, in the rookie tournament, he was one of the best forwards, him and Alex Turcott when, when Turcott was on the ice and, and of course, Byfield. Um, but for, for a guy, everybody knows Turcotte and Byfield. I wasn't – by saying Turcotte was one of the yeah. best players, that's not really saying much because he's supposed to be there. That's the expectation for him. And I don't want to overlook him either. He's been great in the first five games. I think he – the line that he's on right now is amazing. Um, so, yeah, we got Fagimo. But then the other guy I was going to say is on that line right now with Turcotte, Tyler Madden. Yes. To me – and I'm biased because he's a Northeastern guy, but <laughs> he, he is there, man. Like, and I think the one thing for him is when he gets to the NHL, it's not that he's too small because there's guys his size, but I'm not sure that he's ready with his size yet. I think he needs to get bigger. I think he needs to get stronger. stronger. And I think he needs, needs to understand how to use his size at the right, in the right way at the NHL level. But He's been outstanding, and the numbers don't really show it because he's been a little bit snake bit. But I think he's generating a ton of chances, and he's being helped out by, you know, for a lot of the year he was on, he was playing with Ferk and Tynan. Anybody who plays with Ferk and Tynan is going to get tons of chances yeah. to score. Yeah. And But now that he's on the line with Turcotte and Austin Wagner, those guys are flying around flying. the ice. They're so fun to watch. I was going to ask you, actually, so I'm so glad you brought him up. I was going to ask you specifically about Madden because watching him the first five games, I was going to say, I'm going to set aside Tynan and, to your point, Ferk, because they're just on a, a 
little bit of a different level as as you know seasoned AHL veterans. To me, the best player on the ice has been has been Madden. Uh, and if if he hadn't been snake bit and just a little bit more puck luck, he's going to have a, a bundle of goals right now, either power play or five on five. So the the production may not reflect it, but. Do you sense anything with him? And and I don't know if you've had a chance to get to know him uh, at any level, but just do you sense any frustration in practice or anything like that, that that something like that seeps into his game? I mean, if anything like that. I don't think so, but I think it might, might have, if the team wasn't four Oh and, and one, I I mean, I think the ultimate end of the end of the day is it's great that this team is so well-rounded because they're not counting on Matt. If, if there were pressure on him, like, well, if you don't score, Mads, we're going to be losing games. If the team wasn't that well, uh, you know, if he didn't have that much depth, then I could see that being frustration. But, I mean, yes, he wants to score for him individually. Again, he wants to make the NHL. But the fact that he hit two posts in one game, we won that game. So, he, you know, it wasn't like he went back to the locker room being like, man, if I would have scored, we would have won. He was just like – man, I could have had five goals by now if, if the puck went in. But the team's doing great. So there's no extra pressure on any one, one player. It's been such a balance, especially for the forwards. It's been so balanced, and that's such a great way. Like maybe TJ Tynan's taking on the, all the extra pressure because he's, he's got six assists. He's setting up goals he's left impressive. and right. Yeah, he's amazing. He's but, uh, but no, I don't think there's any pressure on any one forward. And that's the same thing with Austin Wagner. Like first couple of games, he was getting a ton of chances too. He was doing all the right things and he's done that at the NHL level. And, and sometimes he just gets, you know, he just can't finish in front of the net, but you know, the last couple of games he has been able to, and it's like a weight weight coming off his shoulders. And uh, I think, I think for those guys up, up front, as long as everyone's given their best effort, the chances are going to come. Somebody's going to bury uh, it's just, you know, I, I would, I would think it's too early in the season for anybody to be that frustrated when, when you've got this many wins. Yeah. yeah I, want, I want to swing it across the crease here and talk about Robo a little bit. And I know last year was his first year, you know, making the jump to the next level of, of competition in his career. And then also being a COVID year, having all those distractions and everything like that and getting to know all these young pros, right? A lot of the pros were their first year on the ice. Do you feel like a sense of calm or, or, um, you know, of positivity from Robo this year to where he knows kind of what is going on and he's not surprised by this level of competition? I think for sure he's got positivity. He's a very upbeat, lively person. I mean, you guys know if you follow the team, he's he's so fun to cover because he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. After a game, win or lose, he's telling you exactly – what you want, to, and I gotta like sometimes. Well, I like I his will, I like his music choice too, right? Hair metal. He's got the he's got yeah. the '80s metal going on <laughs> all the time, the right? <laughs> yeah, and and after the game's over, again, like win or lose, he's fired up. Like I I'll go down in the to the locker room to to try to grab him for an interview, and he's like, "Let's go!" Like the game the game's been over for four minutes. Most coach most coaches, you got to give them a cooling off period. You got to give them a couple collect their thoughts and like. He's like sprinting down the hallway, like we're chef. Let's go. We got to like, let's go. Like I'm ready to go. I want to talk about it. I want to, you know, it's almost like a venting for him to uh, to get out get out his thoughts of. And maybe you know what? Maybe it's he wants to go with go over the game with the coaches and start looking at the video. And you know, the, there's so much to look at with our team. We have so many prospects. There are so many guys doing good things. So maybe it's just that he wants to get the thing out of the way, but he's, he's amped, man. He's got just a, a very good energy about him. He's not overly positive, but he's not overly negative either. Like he's just very, he's, it's funny. He's, he's got that energy, but he's even keeled at the same time. Like he's, he's never too high or too low, but he's always energetic. And I don't know, like I said, I don't know what he did last year. And I have a feeling he was the same way. It's just that, yeah. We got 19 guys returning. So they know what they know what he's gonna do. They can read into you know, he's got a great relationship with everybody on the roster. Everybody knows where they stand. If anybody needs anything, they feel comfortable ha- having a conversation with him. He he takes guys aside, you know, on the ice during practice to make sure they know what they need. And then off the ice, like he's not in the locker room like when guys are getting ready, just chatting it up, but 
you know, he strolls through to grab a coffee and he's talking to guys about, like you said, music choices and, you know, what do you got? Where are you guys going to eat later? Oh, yeah, it's a good spot. You know, he just keeps it light in the room and doesn't try to doesn't try to grab guys and talk about hockey. If he sees somebody walking by, he's asking him, how's your family? You know, what, what are you doing? Where are you going to eat? Like he's he keeps it light. And then once he's on the ice for practice, it's dude, your gap control. It's you know, he's he's getting into that nitty gritty of the X's and O's. But he doesn't really do that too much in just, you know, kind of just talk, talking around. He's just a, a really normal guy. Yeah, Based on your look, oh, oh, sorry. As I say, we've seen him, you know, jumble the lines here early in the season. That's, I suppose, that's probably to be expected. He's still, despite he's got a lot of returning guys, he's trying to find the right combination. I would imagine to see what is the combo that's going to click. Uh, is that is that kind of the vibe or the sense that you maybe are seeing, be it in practice or whatnot? That you know, he's still trying to find what's going to work and what certain scenarios, uh, be it power play, penalty kill, uh, and trying to find the, just the right pieces in the right spots. I think that's a little bit of it, but I think the other thing is, I mean, there's so many guys that need ice time. Uh, And I think, you know, even a good example, you know, Jared Anderson Dolan is, is playing a lot of third line center and like, he's still, uh, he's still young. He's still a prospect. He's a guy that the Kings want him. The Kings want him on the ice. The Kings want him developing. So I think, you know, despite the fact that, you know, you might see him in that role for a little bit, if he's playing well and earning minutes, like Robo's going to try to get him up, but you know what? Well, we got Tynan and Turcotte, so you got to get those guys. So I think it's part of a, a little bit of a juggling act of I want he wants to make sure that everybody is getting the chance to develop, and that's not easy because you have so many high end players that need that good ice time. So I think a little the lines juggling around is a little bit of just trying to give all the players as much ice time as possible. Uh, and not just rolling the same couple guys. Like we have a lot of players that need to see the ice and need to get a chance. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking, you know, going from the coaching back to the players and obviously you're going to be on the road here very soon with all those players. Who do you, who do you feel has stepped up in the, maybe a leadership role maybe. And then the locker room is a, is a, is a careful balance. Like where's the jokesters coming from? Where, where's, who's the guys keeping it loose and, and still coming up to play during the game? Like where, where's the balance coming from in the locker room in your opinion so far? Yeah, well, obviously it starts with Brett Sutter. Uh, he's been around forever. So much respect for him in that room. He says anything. Everyone takes it to heart. He's the leader through and through. On D, uh, Cameron Gauntz is the veteran there, and he's a guy that that has a good leadership quality. He's not trying to overtake Sutter by any chance, uh, by any stretch, but he's definitely a guy who people feel comfortable talking to, especially the young guys like Spence, Jersey Phillips, if they have questions, they need anything. Gauntz is, is a really good, and, and, you know, Jersey as well. I think Jersey stepped up as a leader on this team. He, uh, he's a guy who everyone is familiar with. He's been with the organization for a while now. And, you know, he's just an easy person to talk to. He's, he's just a good person. And, uh, you know, he, he goes out of his way to make sure everybody feels comfortable. Uh, as far as the jokesters in the room, probably got to go with Aiden Dudas and uh, Tyler Madden. Those guys, they're really good friends. They're always giving everybody a hard time. Can throw Turcotte in there as well. He's got a, a locker near them at, at TSPC. And they're kind of the young group that's having a good time and, and give, giving everybody a hard time a little bit. Um, I don't think there's any there's anything too crazy going on with the jokes right now. I think there's still, you know, like I said, a little bit of a feeling out. And, and guys are trying to be serious and take things seriously. And uh, they don't want to get a, a rap for being too much of a jokester. But Again, we'll see. We go on road. Maybe uh, some other guys will emerge out of that. But I think uh, you know, Dudas is is somebody who's always having a good time and and uh, laughing it up with everybody. You know, you mentioned a couple. Of, one of the young defensemen, Spence, and there's another one in Helge Granz. He's he's really kind of hit the ground running. He's only played the two games so far, but boy, this last game especially, it seemed to be he was extremely comfortable on the puck, probably as comfortable as I've seen him dating back to the camps and such with some of the scrimmages. Uh, just what are your some of your early thoughts on Helge Granz? Yeah, his jump from game one to game two was really noticeable. And it's it was almost unfair. Like, after his first game, people were asking me, oh, how's Gron's look? I'm like, dude, the guy's first game. Like, this is a long season. You can't – I mean, he's 19 years old. He's the youngest player on the team. He's probably one of the youngest players in the whole league. So my expectations for him is just he needs a good 20, 30 games before I start judging – how he's how he's playing and and what when he's going to be ready and things like that. 
Um, but I did, like I said, really notice that game two, he took a big step. And now with injuries in LA and call-ups, he's going to be getting some more minutes and he's, you know, hopefully going to earn that. Uh, but yeah, he's, you know, it was just, again, with the timing and things, it was a little tough just to get everybody in the lineup the first couple of games. But Austin Strand goes up, Kale Clay goes up. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, Spence and, and Grons are going to be right away thrown into the mix. And, you know, I'm interested to see how they play this weekend. It's their first road trip, a little bit of a, you know, lengthy flight tomorrow to go up to Vancouver. And Abbotsford, you guys saw the results in those two games. Like, they're, they're probably the best team we've played so far. So they, they look good, and they're no slouch. They're, they're a big addition to this division, and uh, they look pretty strong, although they did lose a couple guys to call-ups. Uh, as well so we'll see how the how that affects things yeah yeah and it's funny you said about grounds rando and i we, we talked about it that the expectations this year for you know a kid coming over his his first run through in, the, in north america as a rookie such a young player that uh you know the expectation should be let's just get through this season see how he develops and we'll really get into some you know hardcore expectations maybe in as he approaches later this season or into year two but i'd be remiss if i didn't ask about the goaltending you know it was, it was an issue for the rain in the past uh, especially last year but so far so good no matter who's been in that uh and particularly volatas look great i'm a firm believer that goaltending of course you need your goalie to be on, on their game, but it is not a one person thing. Like, and I feel this way. And again, I didn't watch the rain games all last year. Obviously I've seen bits and pieces, but to me, Volalta is, has been successful because of the team in front of him there. We are not getting pinned into our own zone. We're not getting beat that many times. I mean, yeah, there's going to be some great a chances that those are going to happen, but it's not that the team is just collapsing. Like, there's a good structure in front of him, which helps so much. And if you have a goalie, if you have a goalie that's locked in, seeing the puck well, and then there's a good system in front of him and he can rely on the defense and the forwards to make good plays and not allow grade A chances right in front of the net, then you've got good chance of having a goalie that's going to be able to handle that. So I don't know what it was like in the past, but I know this team was a lot younger and they didn't have as much experience. So my guess was it looked bad for Valalta because there's so many great A chances coming his way. And you got young guys that are learning that are making mistakes and it ends up in the back of the net. And you look at the numbers and you're like, man, what happened here? But you know, to me so far, Walt has been excellent. Sparks only had one start. He looked great in that start. He's obviously a much more proven guy at this level. He's, he's closing in on his 100th uh, AHL win, which is really impressive uh, for a goalie in this league. And, you know, I, I think it's been great and it's definitely something we want to keep our eye on. And yeah, if you have a goalie that's not playing well, it, it really just hurts the momentum. If your guys are playing well and you're only giving up a few shots and those are going in, man, that's that's rough. But I get the sense that, you know, as long as the rest of the team does their job, the goalies are going to be fine. And if you keep the puck away from your own end, that's the best defense, right? A good offense is sure. the best defense. Well, I want to I want to piggyback on that, and then how do you feel like Sparks is doing in a leadership role to to help Velalta, and then and by that standpoint, Ian, who was there for the start of the season, maybe because of injury standpoint with Sparks, but how do you feel like he's done as as a veteran in the in the league and and catering to the development of the the young, the young goalies? I think he's been excellent. I think that he's got a good balance. He's not annoying Velalta and Ingham of trying to tell them what to do. He does his own thing. He's got enough things to take to take care of himself. But if he needs to say something, if they ask him, he's got a wealth of experience and he can provide that leadership. And you know, he'll he'll jump in and, and say something when necessary. But he's not over the top trying to tell Maddie V what to do. Maddie's very confident in his own right. So it's a good relationship. They're rooting for each other. They're clearly at a different stage in in their careers, which I think helps and. You know, I think as a as a management staff, you gotta you gotta make sure before you sign a guy like Garrett Sparks that he knows what his role is. You know, maybe if if the Kings need a spot start and Velalta's not ready, he's got to be ready to go. But he might not get the most starts in Ontario because they're trying to develop Velalta and get him to where Sparks is. So it's a definitely a little bit of a tricky balance. You got to keep Sparks sharp, but you also want to develop Velalta. So far, it's very small sample size, but you know, I think. Sparks, he knew what he signed up for. I think to me, as somebody who was in the ECHL for five years, the fact that last year the season started, it was so wacky with everything with COVID. 
and he was willing to go down to the ECHL, a guy who's been in the NHL, who's won in the AHL, and start last year in Orlando. And I saw him in a few games because we they played against uh, the Stingrays. And he was obviously dominant at that level. But the fact that he was willing to say, no, my career's not over. If I just go have some good starts in the ECHL level, then I'll get a chance. And sure enough, he played really well with Orlando and Stockton called him up right away. And then he stuck there and, and he got an AHL deal and he stayed there. Now he's got another AHL deal here with Ontario. And I think that shows the maturity of a guy who's not just going to pout and say, no, you know, I'm too good for that, for that level. He re- recognized that, you know, that's something he needed to do. He did it. He exceeded, he excelled. And then he w- went up and had a great year at, at, with Stockton. So that was a, a great sign. And I'm sure a management staff sees that and says, you know what? Yeah. This is the kind of guy we need in our locker. Yeah. I want to uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Joe. I was, was going to say, I, um, I, I want to, you know, I, we, again, we appreciate you hopping on. I don't want to take too much of your time, but I, I do want to say you, you have a new podcast that just uh, has come back out uh, the rain check. If you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I appreciate you guys. Let me plug, uh, you know, the rain check is, is, a, is not new because they had, they had that last year, but yep. obviously last year was, you know, again, like I just said, it was such a wacky season. There wasn't really a somebody covering the rain like like I am. So they were just getting getting by and doing getting some player interviews. And um, you know, I had a podcast uh, with with the Stingrays that that I really love doing, and I'm excited that that we're going to be able to do that with the rain. And I'm hoping to get some different players on throughout the season. We we started out with General Manager Richard Richard Seeley, which is great info. Just just came out today, so. Uh, if anybody hasn't hasn't tuned in yet, it's just just drop. We just got our new logo on the uh, on the podcast site too. It, when it came out earlier today, they the Kings released it and uh, it was the old logo and had Mikey Asimont still on it. I'm like, man, <laughs> we got to get this updated. Like, let's go. So we got a new uh, we got a new logo, which is good. And um, you know, excited excited to talk to some players. Obviously, Robo at some point and the rest of the coaching staff. I like to have you know our equipment manager on trainers try to get people around the team to give some inside stories and looks at these guys and, and help the fans uh, get to know the group. And obviously, you know, for both rain fans and Kings fans who want to try to hear, hear from the guys that are going to make it next. I think uh, the team is, is going to be really heavy into the Movember this year. They got a couple guys led by uh, Martin fur, who's Ferg. got a <laughs> phenomenal mustache already. Uh, the guy well, Turcotte's going. been growing his mustache since last year. Oh, yeah, right. it's, it's it's really coming in. At least it's better than than Artie Cali. He's been yeah. trying pretty hard too, and not really getting anywhere. The guys were the guys were giving him some uh, some flack in Arizona because he hadn't shaved in a while, and and the guys were like, Artie, man, it's rough. And he was like, I like it. I'm keeping it. Screw you. Um, but uh, but yeah. So you know, the next episode, uh, episode two, is going to be next week and we're going to do some November talk with the guys about mustaches right. but uh but yeah first episode with, with rich Seeley just just came out and uh yeah it's gonna be gonna be fun i'm gonna have a good time with it well i, I want to end us on this note because like i said i don't want to like joe said we don't want to keep you that long but you know where, where do you where do you envision this season going for your career and and with the rain like what do you want to see happen and and not only you know like i said with the players but with you and and what would be a successful season in your mind as far as uh, your new experience with this team. Yeah. I mean, for me, this has been amazing so far. Uh, I'm having a great time. You know, anytime your team starts with this many wins, it's, it's going to be much easier. Guys are, are like we talked about loose and having a good time in the room. Um, so for me, you know, I just enjoy being around the sport. I, I enjoyed being at the lower levels when I was down the lower levels. I, I never complained. Um, but now that I'm here, it's, it's totally awesome. Like I'm loving it. Uh, so I'm just, I'm just thankful that, that I'm here and I'm in this role and I'm just going to try to do as much as I possibly can to keep the fans informed, keep our content fresh uh, and give as much insight into what's going on as I can. I, I'm going to be on most, most of the road trips. I know we're not broadcasting all the, the road games, but you know, for this, for example, this weekend in, in Abbotsford, I'll be there. Um, we're not doing the games on the air, but there's a, still a lot of content that we're going to bring and, um, try to keep everybody in the know. There's going to be some interviews and hopefully some behind the scenes features that happen throughout the season that guys can, you know, everybody who, who can, uh, who's on the team can kind of show their personality and the fans can, can interact. We still can't do that many uh, meet and greets and things in person. So I feel like my, my role right now is really important. And uh, 
you know, I, I'm always down for suggestions. If anybody, you know, who's a big fan of the team wants to wants to hear something or wants me to do something with a player or anything like that, I'm definitely open to to have suggestions. Also, same thing with the podcast. Like if people want to hear from certain players, you know, happy to to try to make that happen. And you know, for me, a successful season would just be uh, you know, engaging everybody and, and having a good time. And and you know, if the team can can go on a nice run and we have some success, that's uh an awesome bonus, you know, from a PR standpoint, anytime you're having a great year and winning a lot of games and making a playoff run, you know, there's more eyes on your players, more eyes on your content. So that's a, that's a good thing. And, you know, I'm just excited to be here and be a part of this organization. They've, they've treated me so well so far. And uh, it's like I said, can't complain. We haven't lost the game regulation, so it's all good. Well, hopefully we keep up that, that streak there going on. Jared said it first and, uh, and you know, hey, I really appreciate you coming on, uh, Joe and I both. And you know, we we really want the uh, the rain to succeed this year, and the content to be there. We know the players are there, we know the content's there, and we know the the team has all it can to to put a good season together. So I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your story with with us. Uh, Joe, you want anything to say before we uh, sound off here? I, the only thing I'm going to say is I know you talked about the energy and, and having energy and having fun. And I'm, I'm just going to say that you and Josh, it comes through on the broadcast. They sound great. You guys do a heck of a job covering it. So it, it definitely comes through that you guys really enjoy what you do. So much appreciated. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks guys for having me. Thanks for following along. And like I said, it's uh, it's going to be awesome season. I, I'm thrilled to be here and um, you know, good luck with, with this podcast. I hope you guys continue you. to, to keep going and, and keep covering the team. It's uh, it's great to be on. Absolutely. Best of luck. Hey, this season. We'll be Thanks, here guys. if you're here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Rain fans. There you go. That was the interview with Jared Schaffer and what a wonderful interview, Joe. How do you, what, what do you think about that? Uh, and a broad stroke. It, uh, it was great, first of all, and I uh, want to thank Jared for coming on. And, you know, I I could tell on the broadcast that he's just an energetic guy and he just loves what he does. And I think that really seeped through uh, in that interview. So he, he was he was great to talk to. That's for sure. Yeah. With the rain season being four all in one. I mean, the players spirits are high. I mean, you could tell that he just loves he loves being there. He's riding this wave here and and, you know, he, he takes pride in what he does, but he wants he wants the team to succeed. And. And for fans, he wants the content to be great. As you said at the end of the interview, he he hopes the the season comes with great content for all of us hockey fans here in LA and, and around the world who love the Kings and Ontario Reign. And uh, you know, it's just it's a it was a pleasure to talk to him. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, that's that's all we're trying to do. I mean, we we're doing this here at Hockey Royalty, whether we're writing or whether we're doing podcasts, because you know we have a passion for it and we have a passion for the Kings and the organization and and the Ontario Reign. So hopefully. You know, we know that that he uh, and Dooley and, and the insiders do give great coverage, and we hope to just uh, do a little bit of that ourselves, that's for sure. So part of the coverage coming up this week is, trans, is transactions there, and and uh, one of our goalies here, Jacob Beeman, got sent to the ECHL team of choice of mine with the with the Swamp Rabbits. <laughs> and I'm, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm saw the, 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 the picture there, their, their jerseys are even more on point. So again, I don't know how many times I have to ask, you know, I, I'm sure that every Swamp Rabbit executive listens to this podcast, but homeboy needs a jersey here soon. And Jacob Bingham, if you could send me a jersey, that'd be fantastic because man, those jerseys on point, the name's on point, man, if I was in, if I was in that neck of the woods, I'd be at, at every single game. Yeah. Somebody needs to, and like you said, I'm sure they're listening. They have to get you, get us on one. That's for sure. And and you, you need one with, uh, with, you've said it before, you need an Ingham Swamp Rabbits jersey or t-shirt jersey, whatever it's called that you, you got to get something. They should throw something your way. Hey, I'll take you some goalie shorts. I mean, I don't know how often I would wear those around the house, but you know, some padding, you know, walking around it could be comfortable. Yeah. And listen, they, the Swamp, the swamp Rabbits get a lot of, get a lot of publicity from Brandon McMahon. That's yeah. for sure. Probably more than they usually would and elsewhere outside of the, outside of where they are. So yeah. Uh, no, Ingham, Ingham, he played the one game for the rain. He played really well. Uh, played really well. He made all three, say three, three, well, I said all three. He stopped the first three in the shootout before, you know, they only, he only gave up one goal. It wasn't enough to win the game, but he played very well in his, uh, his lone start with the rain this season. So, you know, we kind of, we talked about this, I think, where they'd start maybe with three goalies for at least the short term. Um, but it's, it's probably tough to carry three. So, and you want a guy like Ingham to get some ice. So I think that's a good fit for him. Yeah. We, you know, we, we, like you said, we talked about it a little bit and, and it happened to be because of injury and we didn't really know Sparks was injured until the first game of the season, um, you know, dealing with a little things. So that's why Ingham was on the bench, but you know, he, 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 he was serviceable. He was there. He did really well, but you want him to get as many pucks seen as, as possible. And he's not going to get that in the rain 
playing every once in a while or, and not even being on the ice, uh, you know, and, and Sparks being the veteran and, and having that relationship with Volta is going to be what the Reign need. And it's good to know that if, uh, you know, future injuries were to happen or call-ups to the Kings were to happen, that, that Ingham is going to be able to uh, be a serviceable goalie there. So, you know, speaking of injuries, we have uh, Dowdy Walker out for multiple weeks, uh, Walker out for the entire season. Dowdy's going to be up in the air. Um, you know, everybody says six to eight here, but who knows with, with that kind of thing, we want him to be hundred percent healthy. Yeah. So, so with that being in mind, they brought up Clegg. He was at practice today. Obviously they have Mata as a seven defenseman playing there. A lot of guys playing on their offhand. Let's start with, let's start with guys that, that the, the guy that they br did bring up in Clegg and what he brings to the team um, and, and how he could be used on the right side of the defense. He is such a smooth, he's just a smooth skater back uh, from the back end. He, he makes a good first pass. Um, and I think that's probably the, the first and foremost, the biggest thing that he can do is he can start that, that transition from D to offense. He doesn't panic with the puck. Uh, he's not, a, he's always a guy that's going to look to make a play. He's not just going to, you know, put his head down and wrap it off the wall or anything like that, or go off the glass. He's going to try to make a play. Uh, and I think that bodes well for what the Kings are going to try to do. I mean, you have lost Dowdy, who's obviously, uh, you know, a very good puck mover. And Walker's had a really good start to the season. And that, man, that sucks. He's, he's really looked good. And I was excited to watch him this season. So it's, it's a tough, tough break for him. I feel for him, uh, especially just, you know, given the start he had. But uh, so Clegg is going to be a guy that I think he's, he is certainly capable, uh, again, of moving pucks. But I, he's, he can play a power play. He can be out there on, on either unit. And, and he's done it and in he Ontario. Should, and he should be. He should be there. Listen, I this is I don't mean to no disrespect to Matt Roy, but I don't think he or Adler at this stage of his career. I I, I don't know. I I would rather see Clegg out there um, on at least one of those units. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, and it's it's like you know it's not disrespect, but it's it's real. It's realistic. You know, they didn't bring Roy in to be an offensive juggernaut. He's a defensive staple, and he's there because he's reliable. He's not because yep. he's good at what he does on the power play. So. <laughs> And, and this team isn't, this team isn't five, doesn't have five wins. This team doesn't have 10 points. We're struggling to score goals and you put your best offensive players in there. And for them, it's, it's K.O. Clay. So he should be on the power play, at least uh, with the, with the first or second team. I, I, I would agree. And you know, it's funny because he was, they, he was waived at the start of the season and there was a little bit of hesitancy. Is somebody going to claim him? He goes through. Uh, and, you know, he's up, unfortunately, due to injury. But you wonder if this is his opportunity. You know, he was a guy that people were surprised that they sent down. Uh, maybe people thought he was going to make the team. I know I was somebody that was a proponent of him making the team. I think Ryan over uh, does some writing for us at Hockey Royalty. Um, you know, the big dog at Hockey Royalty, I should, should say, doesn't even say does some. He is the guy at Hockey Royalty, uh, Ryan Sykes. And he had an article early in the or late in the summer about how he's thinking this is a big potential breakout year for Kale Clegg. Um, it's unfortunate circumstances, but this is an opportunity for him. And, and, and hopefully he gets a good run. Uh, they, they get him in some good opportunities and get him on the power play. And hopefully he takes advantage of it. So just for you fans, so you know, he already cleared waivers. So when he's gotten brought up here, he's got 10 games or a month on the team before he has to clear waivers again. So he's going to have time to show his worth, to, sh to show what he's got. But if you look at both injuries, they're both longer than a month. So if he's going to yep. stay up here, he's definitely going to get a chance to show what he's gotten. And Kale deserves it. I mean, it, you talked about it last year. You know, his course, he was over 50% every time he was on the ice. He drives the offense, and, and he's a very good puck mover on the power play. So, you know, you're, you're looking at something somebody who could – to, could make an impact, especially on special teams, which we need it. Now, yeah, I, yeah, you and I, you and I were proponents of bringing up Jersey. Um, let's just we'll go across him, and then maybe the two rookies that might have been brought up. Um, I thought Jersey was a guy because maybe because he they needed right side, right two right side guys went down. He's a good puck mover. He'll help on the power play. He has the most AHL experience. You know, I thought that maybe he would get a shot. Um, I really like the way he's been playing his, his, obviously his basic statistical numbers aren't as high as plague, but I thought he's been playing very well. And he shows that leadership quality, which now with both, uh, Roy and Dowdy out, it's Edler who 
yeah, he has leadership in years, but he has, doesn't have leadership in years on the team. So we need a guy that's been in the locker room a while and Jersey has done that. Well, you know, what I was looking at it too was I, I just feel like this team needs an, an injection of offense and, um, I, obviously, I think Clay can do that too. But but Dursey brings that style of play, the way he skates and his his hands and his his release. You know, he can certainly run a power play. Uh, again, I think he could run a power play as good as anybody that's up in Los Angeles right now in the back end. And just because it was the 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 two right side D's that went down, I, I thought that he maybe had the best chance. But it's hard. You know, they they've always viewed guys a guy like Kale Clay who can play the both both left and right side. So. Um, and I'm curious to see what they go with with the pairings. Today in practice, uh, per Dooley, the LA Kings insider, it was Bjornfoot with Anderson, Mata, Roy, Adler, Strand, and Clegg was the extra. So we'll see how Clegg slots in if he ends up to the extra uh, in the first game that they play and, and when they decide to get him in. But, you know, and with Dursey, you wouldn't want him to be in that spot either where he's kind of the extra. I'd rather Dursey be getting ice if that's the case. Clegg, I think, is at the point of his career where, you know, they it's not going to kill him to be to not get the ice time, I think, where Dursey probably needs just a bit more. And you heard Jared talk about that, too, with Dursey, how he just needs a little bit more confidence with the puck, um, a bit jumpy at times uh, over the summer. So if that's something that just is going to come with a bit more time, that Clegg is a bit more comfortable out there with that. Yeah, you know, it's just going to be there and and. You know, I really wasn't a fan of, of sitting Strand his first game and playing Mata. Like, let's, those guys have played there before, and let's just throw him up there. And Clegg's played games in the NHL and just bring him up and throw him in if he's the best guy there. So, you know, obviously with our team needing offense, you just I, I'm a proponent of throwing him in, and, and let's not let him get a cushion in there. Let's let him earn his stripes, and we'll see how that goes. You know, and speaking, of, and speaking of earning stripes, now Spence and Grunz, the other two guys on the right side, are going to have – uh, a big, a big uh, proponent of the team, and then Rivari is going to get bigger minutes because Clegg is gone. So, with the, with those three guys, what would you like to see them on this road trip? Obviously, we're playing Abbotsford uh, for two games this weekend, and Henderson on Wednesday. So, what what do you want to see from them, given the bigger opportunity? Well, for Mavari, just more of the same. I mean, he he came on the scene last year and he's been steady, Eddie, but it's like he's steady, but he's doing it at both ends of the ice. Like he's producing too. Um, so I just more of the same from him. For Grands, as we as you heard in the interview with, with Jared, and we've talked about this with Helgi before, it's this season, I don't care about his production. I don't care so much about, about the numbers. I just want him to get settled in and and Jared mentioned probably gonna take a solid 20 to 30 games he's a 19 year old playing North America for the first time at the AHL level getting used to a different rink size um, so I just want to see him get more comfortable gain confidence with the puck be more comfortable in his defensive zone through the neutral zone I trust he's confident in the offensive zone and going forward but that's all I'm looking for from him nothing my expectations I'm keeping very very just kind of tempered here because you have to, he's such a young, young player in a, in a new, new country, new league that I, I think that's, it's not fair to put too much on him with Spence. I think he's looked really good at the start of the season. I, I think his defensive game his D zone game is going to be a work in progress. So I think that's all I'm looking for on a game by game basis is, is how is he in the defensive zone? Is he making sure he's, he's not missing assignments? Cause listen, I think in the, in the offensive zone and the way he skates to the neutral zone, there's no questions there. There's no doubts there. He's, he's very exciting going forward, but it's just, you know, honing in his, his own zone. And, and so that's, that's all I'm looking for. I would just try to keep it simple with a guy like Spence is continue doing what he does well, but I want to see him just continue to, to get more comfortable and develop on the back end. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see, and not only this weekend, but going forward, because uh, you know, Walker's out for the season. Dowdy is, has a specific timeline, but who knows? I mean, he, you know, with those kind of injuries, you want him to be 100% healthy. You don't want to rush him back and everything like that. And if this, if those two players or multiple players are playing well coming into the end of season, you know, we might see a cup of coffee for Grunts. We might see a cup of coffee for Spence rotating in there in the end of the season. If they and they take over that that position, they might be staples. Uh, you know, in their own right uh, with the LA Kings. So, you know, I don't want to throw, like you said, don't want to throw too much pressure on them, but they all have the potential to do that and take that next step with the Ontario Reign 
to have that, that impact with the LA Kings if they were to get that shot and with the injuries, they might get that shot. So obviously it's, it's been a, it's been a great episode there, Joe. Um, phenomenal guest. Thank you again for Jared Schaffern to come on here, Ontario rain insider. Um, as always, this is the making a rain podcast. We got hockeyroyalty.com articles coming out every single day. Uh, you can find us at hockey underscore pod or, um, what, uh, and then you can find where are you at Joe at JW Paterino. And I'm at Rando Commando 24 on the Twitski. So again, Joe, you and I can talk another two hours, as we say every week. Uh, eventually, we're going to be able to do that. Ryan will Ryan will let us eventually do a three-hour podcast, <laughs> but we're under quick reins to, to keep it to a time limit here. And so we're going to do just that. Uh, again, uh, 1029 or, uh, and 1030, Abbas Canucks, and 11-3, Henderson Silver Knights, beginning of the road trip here. Hopefully the rain can keep it hot. Thank you, Joe, for everything that you do for us, man. And, and talk to you soon. Go, Ringo.